So uh, we're going to sing a song. It's a new song called Resurrecting. And I'd like to teach you the chorus. Would you guys like to learn the chorus of the song? Okay, good. Uh, the reason I'm teaching you the chorus is so when it comes around next time, you can actually sing it with us. So here's, it, how, here's how it goes. Your name, your name is victory. Our prayers will rise to Christ our King. Your name, your name is victory. Our prayers will rise to Christ our King. Yeah, thank you that. The hand that once was crowned with gold is crowned with glory now. The Savior fell to wash our feet. Now at His feet we Thank you. 
Uh, we also, I forgot to mention this in the first service, uh, we put an offer and it got accepted on a house, so. We're excited to be out here. Uh, and we're excited that you're all here too. Uh, so, as, as we start, if you want to pull out your bulletin, um, we've got a little information card in there if you want to pull that out and fill that out. Um, we'd love to get to know more about you. If you have any prayer requests, make sure to put those on there because we would love to be praying for you this week. Our staff prays every Wednesday or Thursday and our prayer team prays. So let us know how we can be praying for you. Also, we've got some opportunities. Um, so Good Friday and Easter are coming up. They're like three weeks away, kind of late in the year, but that's okay. Uh, and we need some more help in our children's ministry. Dan's going to talk about that more at the end of the service. But if you're interested, we need some more help. So for those coming in, visiting Springbrook for the first time, it's a chance for us to serve them on Easter. Uh, we've also got some decor and serving opportunities. Um, our, our cutting team is having a breakfast next Saturday. Now that's the team that mows the lawn. So if you like riding around on the lawnmower, this is for you. Uh, and so if you want to do that, just circle number three and then show up here next week for a free breakfast. The landscaping day, uh, they're having a breakfast as, oh, no, the actual the landscaping day, um, it says April 8th here, but it's actually April 15th. Um, and there will be more information about that coming out. But if you're interested in helping us make Springbrook, the grounds just look beautiful, uh, we would love your help. Uh, we also we have a baptism service. We actually just had a class between services. If you're interested in being baptized, we want to encourage you next week to show up at 10.30, and there's a class right in the conference room. It's right through that door, and then another door on the other side. Um, so yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the students now. We're going to go back to the youth room. For everyone else, if you want to stand up and read a neighbor.
How many have seen the movie this month in theaters? Yeah, The Shack really is a a fascinating novel uh, by William Young. What happens is is something very terrible happens in a man's life, and he's called back to place the shack of happened, and uh, he got an invitation. Thought he'd check it out, and all of a sudden, God appears to him. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. That's always been a mystery for all of us, but we really can't understand how we have three separate persons yet be one God. So what William Young tries to do in his uh, book is he tries to communicate how God would be like in terms of hanging around us with the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit. So what he does is he chooses these people to represent God. You got the Jewish carpenter, and then that's Jesus, and you have Will, main character. And then you have uh, an African-American woman, and she represents God the Father. Okay? And then you have the Holy Spirit in that last individual. So yeah, even the first job, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed reading The Shack. My main concern with it is that if you are not mature in your faith and you haven't had enough time to learn and discern, there's a lot of things in The Shack that are not true about God. What we realize is that's dangerous, right? We're all pulled in by the movie and the story and it's a wonderful story. It's a heartwarming story. But I just want to let you know that uh, you... I wouldn't recommend... I got, I got 21% of Rock Tomatoes, so... <laughs> I'm only 80% of the book. Certified fresh. But, uh, yeah. Again, if you do go, there's a review by John MacArthur... <laughs> Uh, John MacArthur, the shack, just put that in your search engine. And he, you know, he has all these different issues that were in the book. So I haven't seen the movies, so I'm not sure about how that all played out. We just have to really be sensitive to what we bring into our minds. Because there's so much trash out there. I'm not calling this many trash. I'm just uh, giving them some guidance. <coughs> because it is, it's really hard. To, to define God, Son, the Holy Spirit, as one. Because they all play different, distinct roles in the Godhead, which is one God and three persons. And I bring that up. Because today we're going to be talking about the role of men and women in marriage. As we continue our marriage study, uh, we've talked about the love bank. Uh, love and respect, uh, fighting fair. Did they have a fair fight this week? Uh, yeah. You gotta save those notes when you have an argument, you know, you get some uh, truth there. Uh, and intimacy, that is next week. You know, a lot of people are on spring break, uh, but uh, yeah, we have an exciting month ahead with Easter coming, Good Friday. 
great time of year uh, celebrate our relationship with Christ. Now we're going to look at Ephesians 5, which details uh, whose role is whose, and gives details about that. Now this is Paul quoting the book of Genesis. Therefore a man shall leave his mother and father and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So hold fast to his wife. It's that idea of really kind of being super glued together. I mean, you're supposed to come together and never uh, come apart until uh, you die. Because you're the one flesh. Then he goes on to say, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Now, when we read about a mystery in the New Testament, it typically means that this was true in the past, but it hadn't been revealed. But now, since this time has come, it is revealed. Because no, no man Testament knew about uh, the church and how everything was going to happen. Uh, so God meant it by saying, hey, you're what flesh? It's Christ and the truth, uh, the groom, <laughs> the groom <laughs> and the bride. So, that's the deeper mystery here. Now, the purpose of life is what? Glorify God. What's the purpose of life? Glorify God. Yeah. That's what you're all about. Wake up in the morning and say, I'm out to glorify God today. I'm out to reflect His light in my life. And I'm out there traditionally seeking to reach people for Jesus Christ. But you know, also, your marriage glorifies God. It does. It's a mystery. It's profound. And, and there's such a deeper meaning than people thought before. So earthly marriage is an image of Christ as the husband and the church as a wife. So, you have Christ as the husband and the church as us, those who know Jesus Christ and the personal Savior. And we Again, are one body. We are part of each other. And then the wife, of course, is the church. And it really is beautiful to think about. The fact that everything we do in life, we glorify God through. So, especially in this day, friends. Yeah. I was going to preach on another topic in terms of the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, marriage, value of marriage has been slowly taken down over the years. Uh, Lord, I'm going to this one. I'm just so concerned. I'm just so concerned. Every great civilization was built on the foundation of a man and a wife being married. They all started that way. And when they get off the tracks, that's when they start to decline. 
Friends, that's where we're headed. I don't know what it looks like. God is going to care for us. But when I see what's happened just in the last 20 years, what's another 10 years? I mean, will there be marriage at all? Yeah. So, so we need to be lights. We need to have marriages that are healthy, Christ-centered. Now, far from perfect, okay? You can test that. Far from perfect. But again, people know your Christ followers and they observe your marriage. You know, people are watching you, right? You know that. People are always watching you. Now, they think about themselves most of the time. And sometimes they watch you. <laughs> right? And, and they, if you're close friends with them, what happens is, is you learn a lot more about their lives and their more open and their struggles. And oh yeah, we all have struggles. We're all broken people. But, with Jesus Christ at the center of the marriage relationship, reflecting Jesus Christ and the church, it's not going to be that hard to have a great marriage. <laughs> Everybody else is forgetting about it. And, and, you know, I pray for my kids and my grandkids, but all I know is that my three boys know more. And, and they're going to have healthy marriages, in fact. Wes is here. Oh, gee, Wes is back, and Brian, and Katie, <laughs> yeah, Mike, and oh, Brian too. <laughs> now, come on, guys, the back row, <laughs> the back row, that's for guests. Why don't you guys walk up in front here? No, I'm just kidding. We were late. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forgive you. <laughs> Oh, and that's fun just to see. <laughs> I like your kids. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, Christianity is just going to be a stark difference to what our society looks like now and will look like in the future. We've seen it throughout history. Uh, we see it in other nations. So, we have a very important mission on earth. And part of this mission is having a healthy marriage. And again, remember, even if your spouse is not cooperating with you, you still have to show the respect and show the love because you're obeying God no matter what your spouse uh, might be doing. This is uh, Bernie Nate Tannis, uh, just great friends with Lori and I. It's at Moody Bible Institute. I felt called in a ministry. And so I answered this ad. Were you a pastor position? <laughs> uh, I was 21 years old. No mercy. Uh, I had a lot of passion, okay? I had a lot of passion, and that's pretty much my job. <laughs> you know, as I look back on that, Bernie was so patient uh, with me, teaching me, and training me, and defending me to the board. <laughs> Doing again, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we gotta take care of the young man. About six years there, while I was going to Woody Bible Institute and Trinity, a seminary. And, and we just were friends throughout life, and you know, we have learned so much from them about marriage because they're already fifty years ahead of us. And so we saw them raise our kids. Our kids were in uh my youth group, Cheryl Anderson here. Okay, she's in my youth group as well. 
And uh, so I got to know the kids really well, and I saw, you know, one of the kids rebelled and come back again, and uh, I saw a lot of stuff in terms of understanding what is life really about? What is a solid marriage? And of course, uh, Bernie used to be the president of our, our uh, district called Converge Mid-America, part of the umbrella of Converge Worldwide. And so I worked with him in there, worked with it in that aspect, and again learned a whole lot. And, and it's just what a wonderful gift. And let me think to yourself, okay? What couple have you been closer to and they have discipled you uh, by having a healthy marriage? Yeah. Think about that. Who is that couple for you? And maybe it wasn't one couple, maybe a couple couples. But the point is, is that you learn you learn about the Christian life by being in relationship with other people. And that's why we have to focus on intentional discipleship and how we want to, you know, help people grow, and that's in small groups, or even small and small groups. Those are alongside our models, where you have three people meeting. And therefore you hear about that, hey, nobody's life is perfect, far from it. But you see people seeking to grow, to be more like Jesus within the marriage. And so you guys are all, you're Christ power, you're all living illustrations. Every day you wake up, you're an illustration of people that you deal with uh, in terms of what is a Christ-centered person look like, and also was a Christ-centered marriage. That's what I love about the church, all the diversity that we have, all the different types of people from different backgrounds, different education, different whatever, and, and we're all here together through the Holy Spirit. And, and because we're, we know each other over a period of years, uh, we are discipled by each other. So your healthy marriage is going to make a difference here at Springbrook because people are going to notice that and see. Ephesians 5, 28-30 In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of one body. So husbands, what is your role? Well, you need to love your wife as you love your own bodies. And uh, all of us men love our bodies, maybe not the shape of our bodies. But uh, we love them. Men like food, right? Saying, well, men are always thinking about sex. I'm thinking about food. What's, what's the big deal, right? You know? and, and so we go way out of the way uh, to get the right pizza and <laughs> a special dinner. I mean, food is fun. It's even more fun when you get older. Uh, so the point is, is that we are concerned about ourselves and want to be well fed uh, and we want to have our time. Because we work hard, don't we? And so when we come home and the wife says, yeah. My downtime. <laughs> well, obviously you guys can work that out when you serve one another. Uh, but the point is, is that 
Again, we're self-centered. So we do everything we can. We need a certain number of hours of watching sports per week. Uh, that tends to be how it's in sports. But the point is, that's the way you need to treat your wife. What's that? The same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Now here's the one flesh thing again, okay? The glory and I, and as we are, uh, you know, going through life together, uh, being married, we're one flesh. Okay? So whatever I do for glory benefits me. Right? Because we're one flesh. Right? Like this. And so, whatever I do for glory, I'm blessed through it. That's an interesting way to think about marriage, is it? Because it's the same way with Christ and the church. In fact, if you look down here, it nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of His body. So the church, Christ, the right of Christ, we're all together. And when we serve one another, we build up the body. And as Christ, of course, ministers to us, He builds up ourselves as well. Now, how many know your love language out there? How many know your love language? Okay, keep your, keep your hands raised. Alright. Now, this is this is really exciting, okay? Because I'm going to give you an opportunity to get an insight on your marriage that's going to help you tremendously. These are the different love languages. Quality time, access service, physical touch, receiving gifts, words of affirmation. So, each one of us typically has one of those that is more primary in our life. For example, your spouse might want quality time with you. Now, that's the other thing is that if you think about the way you feel love, let's say mine is words of affirmation, well that's what I hear other people in words of affirmation. That's what experience love when they might have a totally different gift altogether. Like acts of service. Would you stop talking and do something for Pete's sake? Right? Yeah. Uh, receiving uh, a physical touch. I'm kind of confused about that one. Remember, non-sexual touch, oxymoron. Uh, the point here is that some people just need to be touched. They need to be hugged a lot. Maybe kissed a lot. I like to hold hands. I like to put their arm on a person. And, and you know, I wish I had that particular one in Oregon. That'd be really easy, you know. Get my hugs in, get my kisses in, you know, hang out. <laughs> I know it's probably harder than that, but uh, receiving gifts—that could be. I mean, you need all of these in marriage, but uh, one is primary. Uh, receiving gifts. This is not about materialism. This is about a woman says, "Does my husband?" really care about me. Because if he really cared about me, he would regularly give me yes. Because that's my love language. Right? The other guy, he's clueless. 
know, he's uh, again uh, maybe I don't know receiving excuse me uh, physical touch. But the point is, is that women, these women need that. They need to know that you actually thought of them during the day. In fact, you thought so much of them, you went out to get a simple gift for them. Go to Walmart, 69 cents cards. It doesn't take a lot. But the point that you went to Walmart and you got that card and you should always write the card. How many agree with that? Oh yeah. Don't, don't let the poet do it for you. Huh. Yeah? You've got to write the card up. What's the card for? Oh, thanks. You know, it's a thought. you got to write out how much you love them, what you appreciate them, that type of thing. Lori and I always uh, do that. You never run out of things uh, to admire and respect about each other. So words of admiration, you're receiving gifts, is again, you need to buy gifts. And you say, well, I'm doing all these other things for it. But her love language is receiving gifts. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Maybe you want to uh, celebrate something in your marriage, something great that happens. So you have a picture done, uh, something you put on the wall, whatever. I mean, she loves that stuff. All right. Finding words of affirmation, discouragement, uh, honor, respect, and that type of thing. Now, this is the exciting part. Are you guys ready? Are you ready for this? This will transform your day. You thought this was an ordinary Sunday. This is really important. Okay? Because you can go online to the five love languages, the five love languages profile, and you can click uh, right there. Learn your love language. Okay? You click on that, it takes you immediately into a survey. And you know, like other kinds of personality surveys, you like this, you like that. It doesn't take that long. And then it will give you a report and tell you what your love language is. Maybe your spouse already knows it. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Well, they should know. So, this is my challenge, men. We are called to be leaders in the home. So, I want men to take the initiative here and say, Hi. Uh, we're going to turn off the game, and, and we're going to do this. Right? <laughs> we are going uh, to take this survey together. Maybe it takes 20 minutes to work through you know, uh, a survey for both of you. Uh, but then, you can have a marvelous conversation. And just say, and go through all of them, because you know, you got one, the first one, most important to you, but then you can rank, rank them. Third, fourth, Fifth, and it will really give, give you uh, a way to make a lot of deposits in your spouse's love bank. So, it's free for Pete's sake, right? I always love when things are free. When I saw this, I get excited. Whenever I see a free survey online, it'll be helpful. You guys. Alright. Now, a submissive spirit. Well, let's look at this first. Ephesians 5.21 Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now this is, a, this is the key verse. This is the capstone. Ephesians 5 and 6. This verse is the main message. 
is that as Christ followers, we need to submit to others. We need to submit to others. Well, it means to let them have it their way. Do things for them. Love languages. You submit. Because that's how God set it up. Father, wife. Now again, <laughs> a lot of women push back on this, and I totally understand. I totally understand. But what you need to realize is that back in that day, uh, women were married for their money and not for any love. The arranged marriages, like you still have today in some countries. Uh, but they were married for their money. And, and the idea of loving your wife in that day, it wasn't even on the map. You know, it's arrangement we do, we'll go through this, things of that nature. But uh, initially, it's all about the money. So, I think of what? We talk about equal rights uh, for women, which I believe in. And uh, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was the one man who did more to lift up the status of woman than any person that ever lived. It really, I mean, really. And people have been studying the Bible for <laughs> a couple thousand years. And they all read this. Oh, that's how marriage, that's what it's supposed to be like. And so, just want you to know that people reading it back in that day are saying, are you nuts? Are you nuts? I should love my wife. That's not my job, you know. She can take care of herself. I mean, here's here's a what, what slave wife and husband. So this is radical stuff to the readers back in that day. E three D, E three E. Now we got a bingo. Can we take that off. You should have it. Oh, thank you very much. All right, and I'm probably going to need the rest as well. Uh, for the husband is a thank you. Great service. Way to go. I tell you what, people do my slides, and they're always kind of nervous because. Yeah, I'm a little bit all over the place. <laughs> so I really appreciate people uh, who uh, do the slides uh, for us. They do a great job. Uh, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and himself its Savior. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now again, the guys... Is like, this does not fit our culture. I mean, they were saying, what? And the wife's a part of this? What are you talking about? Oh, you need to love. You need to love your wives. And uh, that's the men, thing that men, they do. And this is always a kicker that always convicts me, is Christ loved the church. That's the way we as husbands are to love our wives. We need to be willing to die for them. And sometimes you say that to your wife, why don't you take out the trash? You're not going to die. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's a whole attitude that you have, right? Is that I'm going to put my wife's interests first, and so hard to do. Because, of course, our sinful nature. And it only comes through the power of God. And if you're here today and you don't know, uh, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't know if you die tonight, you go to heaven. And I've got the greatest news for you. It's a gospel. That uh, you're born sinners, and the penalty of sin is eternal death and hell. And Jesus Christ came from heaven and humbled, he humbled himself in every way for God to come down and pay the price of the cross and need to be paid as a salvation from the penalty for Christ paid and then, to be our risen Lord. And if you have any questions about that, please let us know. Come to me or someone a friend. Uh, because that is our mission, is helping people to come to Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So husbands, you got a tall order here. A tall order. Look at the definition of headship. A headship is the divine calling of a husband to take primary responsibility for Christ-like servant leadership, protection, and provision in the home. That means to be head of the family, to be the leader. I mean, you've got so much responsibility. You've got to take care of yourself, you've got to take care of your kids, you've got to take care of your wife. Uh, yeah. But that, that's what it means to be a leader. So many people... I said in the past, uh, you know, oh, that whole thing about, you know, women submitting to their husbands, that's so archaic, and, and it's not treating them equally. And you got to remember, this is about roles that people play. Does anybody have a supervisor that you think you could replace him and do a much better job? <laughs> so, you're pro- probably better than the supervisor. But you're still fulfilling a role, right? It's not about who's better, who's smarter, and whatever. It's about that God has asked us to fill these roles in order to glorify Himself through marriage, uh, Christ and Church, as well as to glorify Himself uh, through your relationship. And there's a key word: servant leadership. Now, in our culture, that seems like an oxymoron as well, doesn't it? Okay, you're a servant leader. No, 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 wait a second. I got one idea of a servant, and I got one idea of a leader, and I like the leader idea a lot more. And so, it's not the attitude, oh, I'm the boss of the family, I'm the boss of the family. <laughs> no, no, you're the servant of the family. You're the one who's giving the most energy. To submitting your wife, it goes back and forth, right? And uh, and again, the glory and I, uh, in terms of submission, uh, I'm not stupid, okay? You know, we always work it out typically, all right? But I love my wife, and I want to meet her needs, and so we'll talk through an issue and come to compromise or go to either side, but. In the case that an issue comes up, 
where you disagree and you thought it out, you processed it, and you prayed about it, and if the husband had a different leading than the wife, it would be the husband's decision. But that doesn't happen very often. Because the, the husband is loving the wife so much, you know, she's very agreeable that like, wow, you're great, you change. <laughs> yeah, so that's important. Now the definition of submission is the divine calling of a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership and help carry it through according to her gifts. Guys, your wives want you to lead. Wives, her desire is that you would lead them in every way, especially spiritually. You know, all you have to do is make sure your family is in church on Sunday. At the worship gathering we have every week. For God, you need to lead the family in that way. And say, oh, we can do this, or we can do that. No. God is number one in our family. We want to teach our children about the importance of gathering together weekly. And that needs to come from you guys because studies have shown that a mother who takes her kids to church compared to a father who takes his kids to church, well, more people stay within the church when the father is modeling because that is his role. And again, you don't have to... I don't want to think about the scripture. and It's kind of like you don't want to go there because you're not sure of yourself. Well, it will certainly help you in any way. Uh, but there's a real issue in our culture. What happens is, is men uh, let the women take over. And the women takes over because, hey, he's not living anywhere. We've got to get going somewhere. So it can be very frustrating for a woman when a man's not leading. And she still has to respect him and honor him, but at the same time, she's really frustrated. And so, guys, it's time for us to step up. Amen? Amen. Amen. What was that? Your men. Amen? 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 I mean, so be it. Alright? So that means that you're going to talk about the love languages and you are going to do everything you can to serve your wife because you are a servant leader. Matthew 24, love the greatest among you shall be your servant. Same concept here. The idea of biblical leadership and leadership in uh, corporate America is like totally different. Right? Because he calls us to be servants. Oh, I want to be a great leader. Be a great servant. Give your wife more time than you usually give her in terms of her love language and that she has. Be disciplined. For me, it put it in my calendar. And the trigger uh, that goes off there. And I remember, I had to do that. It's not natural for me to think that way, unfortunately. Uh, but I continue to learn and grow. When I had Don Sonia Dorn come out at this time, uh, they're a wonderful couple who's been here at Springbrook for a while, and uh, I've had just a great respect. Uh, for the marriage of one another. They've been married 57 years. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Uh, 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 anybody else married 
price. <laughs> All right. What's that? Oh, have they? Yeah, I'm going to give them a call. How many years? Well, I didn't realize that, so I'm going to have to ask you to sit down. <laughs> hey, tell us about Mary and this whole idea of submission and how that worked so far. Okay, well, when, I, when we first got married, I had never heard about submission, that the wife should be submissive. So, naturally, I thought that made the best man win, and that was me. <laughs> So then I did that, and we had a really rocky first year. I mean, we, we fought a lot. Our first fight was on our honeymoon, when he complained about my driving. Oh, and I, that's touchy. And I, I, I stopped the car. I pulled over, stopped the car, and got out and said, okay, you can drive. <laughs> so, um, so then I did hear about submission, and I thought, that's crazy. So I said, okay, Lord. If it's real, if you want me to do it, you have to show me. Because I wouldn't listen to anybody. I said, you have to show me in the Bible that it says that. So I read, I, I studied it. I, I looked up all, all the verses and it said it. So I said, okay, Lord, you must have been crazy when you made that rule, but you said it and I'll do it. And it was a mindset. It's just a mindset that, um, to that was the end of the issue. It was just the right mindset that I did need to be it was rough the first year. The rough first year. Rough the first year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, ah, your thoughts? Well, she's right. The first year was the worst year. <laughs> Got better. And, and you would think it would be the best year. But uh, the best year is today. It is, yeah. yeah. It gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we came from similar backgrounds. Uh, both the oldest child. That's a strike. That's a genius. <laughs> And both independent, and both knew what we wanted. And uh, when, when it came to this, and uh, I think that maybe out of desperation, we we, just, we realized that we needed to do something. Uh, we started praying together out of desperation. And very in the beginning, it's always very basic, simple prayers. Uh, but then as as you grow in your uh, marriage and, and the kids come along and the issues with, with that, uh, I think we had a child who died and another one who rebelled and came back. And, uh, it's hard. It was really hard. It's painful. And so we went through the same thing a lot of people through. Um, but through prayer, as you begin to pray together, you become more vulnerable to each other. Um, and being able to understand the wisdom that Sonia has that, that I don't have. She's wise woman. Uh, God can give, a, I always say, a pearl of great value. And uh, that was the key for us, I believe, was praying together. And so we... Uh, I was interested because I asked you that question. What was the secret to your great marriage? And I heard an answer I typically never hear. And that's pretty That's beautiful. I think so. I really do. Yeah. Now, that, that kind of leads to our perky. And we appreciate all of our ministry there. 
And another thing is that when you get married, you come to, you come together and you have issues. Everybody has issues. And these issues have to be handled between you and the Lord before you can get together. And that's another, that's another point, that, that you need to handle these issues. And some of them are extremely painful. Um, but you need to handle them between you and the Lord. Now, three weeks ago, Pastor Dan was talking about uh, making deposits in your wife's love bank. And uh, a few days later, we were in Costco together. And I said something to her, and she says, You just lost all your deposits. <laughs> <laughs> he assumed. <laughs> you know what? It's nice to be able to talk like that to each other and joke about it. Make a joke about it. So, have fun. Be kind to each other. Well, I'll just stand together and pray. You know, I want to thank you so much. Uh, for Don and Sonia, it's love being friends with them. And Lord, uh, they're not perfect, but I tell you what, uh, it's better with age, as they say, that they walk with you and uh, they follow the biblical view of the roles in the relationship. And that's the beauty of it because, I mean, you find out that your spouse has all kinds of wonderful things that you don't have. Standings and approaches to life. And that's uh, the fun thing about getting married. It disposes you to a lot of new things. And Lord, we pray for young couples in this congregation. Uh, we've been married for five years. And uh, Lord, I want to pray for the struggling couples. I mean, I know that uh, two of our people are going through divorce proceedings right now. Very, very difficult. Lord, I pray that the marriages would be strengthened here in our midst. For you, in Christ's name. Nice guys. Uh, am I great? Yeah. Well, one thing I really want to talk about is Easter. Uh, because we're a church that reaches and builds passionate followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, so, we need 20 people to serve in our nursery. 20 people to serve in our nursery. So if you can think about that, write your name down on the communication card if you have some interest. Because when you think about it, I mean, Easter is all about proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't come to service and say, well, I hope it's a good service today. You should never do that. Because you're coming to worship God, it doesn't matter what the service is like or whatever your interactions are like, you are there to worship God. And so, uh, Easter is a time of outreach. Now, we sent out our postcards early for marriage series, and then uh, we did have a little thing that said, hey, April 16th, Easter, you're invited. So I encourage you to use those uh, cards, they're still out in the lobby, and spread them around everywhere. And uh, people can, another way you can do it is you can uh, uh, send a podcast to a friend. If you like one of these messages, you think it would be helpful for a friend, just send a link to the podcast. That's another way to do evangelism in terms of meeting people where they're at. If they're struggling in their marriage, this would be a great series uh, for them. 
And for those of you who are struggling in your marriage, you know, it's hard. It's hard. And we want to help you. So if you're struggling in your marriage and need some counsel, please, please talk to us. Talk to pastors, elders, uh, some of you know. Let them know. I, I really want to be more like Jesus. I really want to serve my spouse. So, the way I think about it is, you know, as we have experienced this unbelievable relationship with God, isn't that the number one thing that we want to tell other people? And I know it's not the easiest, but it's time to trust in God, step out of your comfort zone, and uh, be missional in the way you live. On mission for God. Why don't you stand with us as we close? Your voice in thunders, the oak starts twisting. The forest sounds with cedars breaking. The waters see you. It's not their rhyming. If rope sets the song is rising. Now it's rising from the ground.
Well, uh, we've had so much fun worshiping with you guys, and thanks for making it an intimate and time that you guys sang great. Uh, I really felt like I was uh, in this place, and, and just it was enjoyable to worship with you. So have a great week. We love you guys, and I uh, hope to see you next week.